This is the Hockey News Podcast. Hello, everybody. It's the Hockey News Podcast right now live, 3.50 p.m. Eastern. That means the trade deadline has passed, but... Calls are still being filed. It's Matt Larkin here with Ryan Kennedy and Ken Campbell, brought to you by Christian Hockey. And we're going to talk winners and losers of the trade deadline, even though we know right now there are probably still maybe a couple more trade calls being processed. We have Steven here, producer, who's going to let us know if anything else comes in. But with the information we have so far, let's talk winners and losers. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to start with you. Tell me your number one winner of the trade deadline. I like what the Ottawa Senators did. They, uh, you Just know, they were sellers. The senators, boom, dropping the hammer. <laughs> dropping the hammer. They were sellers, not buyers. But they are now in such a great position for the future. I thought. I think GM Pierre Dorian has done a great job restocking this team. They now have three first rounders in the 2020 draft. And as we have said before, they could hypothetically be picking first and second, depending on how they and. San Jose do in the draft yeah. lottery. That yeah. would be incredible. Now they have the New York Islanders first rounder, which will probably be in the 20s somewhere. I mean, if the Islanders go all the way, then that's a different story. But on top of that, they also have four second rounders in 2020. And yeah, they have 14 picks, half of them in the first two rounds, right? This In this uh, draft? Yeah, if you, depending on conditional picks, yeah, I think yeah, they have yeah. 13 yeah. overall for 2020 oh, okay. and nine in 2021 already in a seven-round draft. And in 2021, they have three second-rounders already, and then they also have their own first. So, so many assets coming for an Ottawa Senators team that is already graduating the last wave. You know, we just saw Josh Norris make his debut, and you've got Logan Brown and Drake Batherson and, you know, Eric Bronstrom, so many young players coming up through the ranks. I, I just think uh, you know they, Dorian did it the right way. He, he got rid of players and he got assets for them. And I mean, with picks comes flexibility. I, I said this on Twitter earlier when Vegas had those three first rounders in its inaugural draft. It turned into Cody Glass, and then eventually via Nick Suzuki and Eric Bronstrom, Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty. I mean, that's incredible. If Ottawa can do something similar to that, then, I mean, they're going to be laughing. For sure. Now, now the Senators own 9.7% of the first round in the, nice. in the 2020 draft. Highly impressive. And the thing is, you know, you lose Jean-Gabriel Pajot, who I know is a big fan favorite in Ottawa, having a career year. Very big part of the team. Beloved guy in the dressing room, and they're very sad to lose him. But if you look at the contract he signs, a six-year deal, six years from now, if you look at the course of that that contract, for the Islanders, they're in win-now mode. It, it, it's fair enough, right? Because they've, they've spent a few years rebuilding, and we know what Lou Lemerel is doing. But, but for the Senators... You know, by the time they're going to be good, by the time they're going to be peaking, that's when Peugeot's decline years are going to be coming. So yeah. I think it was a very mature decision by Pierre Dorian to cash out that chip. Uh, Kenny, I want to hear your winner, but maybe you have some more thoughts you want well, to add. No, the, the only caveat I would say to that is, 
you need NHL players. Like it's it's yep. great. It's great that you have all these young guys coming in. It's great that you have all these picks, these future assets. But somebody's got to show these guys the way. Right. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why Chris Kreider's sticking around in New York. It is 100%. Yep. Right? It's yep. it's a big part of the reason why. And and I you know, I mean, I I'm I'm not saying it's 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 a bad deal for Ottawa, but if you measure say they had been able to sign him to this 5-year deal, um, then, you know, you measure that what Pajot gives you over the next five years against what a number 21 overall pick is going to give you. And I don't know, maybe maybe Pajot gives you a lot more than that. Maybe this guy never turns out. Who knows? Maybe the 21 pick ends up being another Scott Gomez or something. Um, you know, so I, I, I don't think it's a slam dunk, but um, I just, I've, I, I'm a bit wary when I keep hearing about assets, 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 assets. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, at some point, you got to have players. Yes. I, I know what you're saying. I think that in this case, Pajot, I don't know if he's that guy. I think he, he yeah. upped his value so much yeah. that it was almost, it almost forced Dorian's hand yeah. to think, yeah. oh my God, like yeah. I wanted to keep Pajot, but... I got, we, we can't this turn price, this down. We can't yes. turn this down. It's not yeah. like yeah. he's a you know a forty goal scorer, yeah. right? He's a, a an outstanding third line center who was producing. He's an eighteen yeah. to twenty goal guy yeah. who can kill penalties and be yeah. really versatile, exactly. Which is really good, sure. right? Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's like it's like you look at it and you go, God, we can't. You know, let's put it this way: if they weren't going to sign him and if they couldn't sign him, then. They did the best thing right. possible. Like to me, yeah. it's like Mark Stone would have been the guy if you if you were going to have to keep one guy from that veteran group where you, that you could have built around, right. built around. Maybe it would have been Stone. Right. Hindsight twenty twenty, of right. course, but right. just one example. Okay, Kenny. So tell me your winner well, today gonna, so I'm, far. I'm going to go with a team that's that's going in the in the complete opposite direction as Ottawa, and I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And but again, I'm going to give a caveat. I'm going to say right now they're a winner. Um, and, but long term, this is this is really going to hurt them. Um, yep. They've got Blake Coleman and Barkley Goodrow, two guys. They absolutely ha- had two the type of player they absolutely had to have. I think I think around the league and anywhere, the general consensus with the Tampa Bay Lightning is they're very talented and they can score a lot and they've got a lot of good players. But where's the oomph? You know, yeah. I mean, they went out and got Patrick Maroon in the summer. That's good. Uh, but Patrick Maroon is at best a fourth liner, kind of an in and out guy. Blake Coleman and Barkley Goodrow are guys you can put in the lineup every night and play them in every playoff game. And I, I just see, you know, like the, them being the kind of guys that'll get you, you know, the the overtime winner and triple overtime in Game Six of the second mm-hmm. round or mm-hmm. something. You know what I mean? Um, so that's that's the good part of it. Um, you know, their prospect. I mean, nobody wants to hear about the future in Tampa unless yeah. the future includes the next three months. Yeah. That's yeah. all people want to hear about. And you know what? If Tampa goes out and wins a cup this year and doesn't even win another one ever again, it's still great totally for them. It. It's still great for them, and it's yep. totally worth it. But this is going to hurt. I mean, they've got their prospect cupboard is pretty bare to start with. They've already traded. Uh, they've already traded Nolan Foot. They've already traded. They they went into this thing with two first rounders, and now they have none. Yeah. Um, so I mean, this is going to hurt down the road. And Nolan so, Foote was their first rounder last year. Right, exactly. Yeah. So effectively, in three straight drafts, they don't have a first rounder. Time and time again, we've seen that's a recipe for, you know, for for for, for, for having troubles down the line. Mm-hmm. Now, you win a cup, it's worth it. Yep. You become the San Jose Sharks, it's not. You know, so, I, I yeah, mean, you, it's... You want to hope you become Pittsburgh. Right, it's, yeah. it's obviously... Yeah. 
all predicated on whether or not this team wins a cup. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's fair. And, and I do think, you know, a hallmark of some of the most successful franchises in the league in recent years are the ones that they can make those go for broke trades, but their player development systems are so good that they can turn guys who aren't high pedigree prospects into legit players, which the Lightning have done so time, well. Tyler time. Johnson, Andre Pilat, Yanni Gord, yeah. even Anthony Sorelli, who's yeah. you know Selkie Sel- mm-hmm. Trophy candidate, yeah. was not a first round pick. And Alex uh, Bure, the, the guy that led the American League yes, scoring exactly. last year, Carter Verhey. Hey, yeah, you know, I mean, these guys. He didn't lead the league. Carter Ray did, yeah, yeah. He led rookies in scoring. So yeah, I mean, if if you're coming up with these gems and free agency and and these sort of minor trades and in late rounds, yeah, I mean, it's for sure you're gonna you're gonna be okay for sure. And, and I think that's a good transition to my pick for the winner, which is the team that's kind of writing the playbook on how to behave as a contender right now over the past, let's say, five years. It's the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I'm counting the Jason Zucker trade as part of this because yeah. the spirit of the debate, it's like you don't get, you're not a loser on deadline day because you made your trade a week ago. It still right. counts to me. Yeah. It was made, just like Blake Coleman, same thing. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, as a result of all the trades they've made, so that, you know, they they, they traded a first round pick and Kalen Addison and also Chenyuk to get Zucker. They traded a third round pick to get Patrick Marlowe. Uh, they, <laughs> They have. It's going to be uh, this June. It'll be this, the fifth time in the past six years that they're they don't have a first round pick. Uh, but Incredible. it just we know what Jim Rutherford is doing now. He understands, and we've said this so many times. You sound like a broken record, I know, but they're consistently successful with this philosophy. They know that Crosby and Malkin, they're still good. They're still elite players. You got to keep the pedal to the metal as long as that is still true, and. You know, if you look at the actual NHL roster pieces that have gone out in the past couple of weeks, it's Alex Galchenyuk, who was not a fit, Dominic Cahoon, who has shown potential, but he might be one of those linemate-dependent guys. It's hard to, always hard to judge forwards when mm-hmm. they're in Pittsburgh. And a great example of that is Connor Sheary, who came back today. Connor Sheary was a much better player. He was almost a point-per-game player yeah. one year mm-hmm. with Sidney Crosby. He's not anywhere close to that in Buffalo. And they, and they never wanted to... I don't think they ever wanted to lose him in they the didn't. first they place. Didn't. It, was, it was a cap thing, and now yeah. their cap situation's been straightened out a little bit more, so they get to bring him back. Exactly, right? So I think you bring Connor Sheary back, and you look, so you've lost Cahoon, you've lost Galchenyuk, but you've added to your NHL roster Zucker, Connor Sheary, Evan Rodriguez, who's he's a fast player. You never know. The Penguins, they've always been predicated on speed under Mike Sullivan. Maybe he's a great fit there. They can Maybe unlock Brian him. Rust 2. You know, he could be. You never know, you know, right? What I mean? yeah. And and he's no yeah. longer under the shadow of yeah, he was Jack Eichel's buddy oh, in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and Patrick Barlow, according to some of the stuff I was reading today that was being tweeted out, has been analytically kind of sneaky decent, even wow. though he's forty years old. And I think, and Ryan, I'm going to steal something from you. You okay. said this last week that every team needs a win it for this guy. Yes, uh, philosophy <laughs> yes. and the Penguins, especially having one cups in sixteen and seventeen, they 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 really need that carrot. That's right. Now you got the winner for Patrick th- Marlowe factor. Yeah. yeah, I don't think Marlowe's a Hall of Famer, but if he wins a cup, maybe it makes him a mm-hmm. borderline candidate or whatever. I think he's going to get into the Hall of Fame, but I don't think he deserves to. Sorry, right, Patrick Marlowe. Right in my in in my opinion, they got Patrick Marlowe for one game. They don't even know which game it is yet. Right. <laughs> they don't even know which game it is yet. But he's going to score a big goal at some point in a really big mm-hmm. game, yeah. probably early in the playoffs. Yeah. And 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 that's what they got him for. And yeah. they thought that a third-round pick was, was worth winning that one game in the second round. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, okay, so now let's switch over to the losers. Oh, wait, before losers. we do that, Stephen is signaling. We've got something. Oh, this better be yeah. good. Hang on, Stephen. Before you give it to us, this better be good. If it's if it's a no-name, if it's a nothing trade, we don't want it. Well, no, it's, we have a lot of Habs fans asking what the Habs are doing. Uh, right now, it looks like the Habs still have a trade going through. 
it's unclear if it's the one involving Nick Cousins to Vegas. Okay. Or if there's actually more going on. That's small That's potatoes. Case, but there's a lot of Habs fans asking. Okay. Oh, there yeah. still could be more out of it. I'll put it yeah. this way. So I'm working on a, a piece that's going to go up later today on winners and losers. And right now I'm tentatively penciling in the Habs as losers because, you know, they didn't behave as buyers, but they had given what the market. Like, Barkley Goodrow fetched a first round pick. What could you have gotten for, for Thomas, Thomas Tatar? Tatar? Uh, or Max Dolan? You could have gotten like <laughs> Connor, you could have gotten Connor McDavid, apparently. <laughs> and for Jeff Petrie as well. Robin Lehner was a, was worth a second rounder and a prospect, and Barkley Goodrow was worth a first round. I don't expect his known now, Slava Damon. Okay. I don't, I don't, oh, that's that that's, kid that played out in BC, right? I know yeah, of him, but I know Well, Wenatchee in the BCHL, yes. Yeah, yeah. He's at the University of Denver right now. Doing all right. Good, good two-way prospect. You know, still finding his way, but definitely some potential there. So he's good enough to be on the Ryan Kennedy radar. Exactly. And, okay. And he's teammates with Ian Mitchell. That's right. Okay, go. so yeah, so we'll, I'll be talking about the Habs Chicago probably connection. later right. today. They're not they're not my pick for the loser of the day, but uh, if I'm a Habs fan, I'm disappointed because I don't think the Habs were in a position to stand pat. I think they were still far enough out of the picture that they should have done something thinking for next year. They didn't. Mm. It's too bad. Uh, but Ryan, tell me who your, your main loser team is so far. Well, I'm going with the Winnipeg Jets, and uh, a lot of it's due to inertia. Uh, you know, you look at the Jets right now, they're not in a great place in the West. I mean, they're battling for that wild card spot, uh, but Nashville's closing in on them. Nashville's got games in hand. I think they're only one point behind the Jets. And then you got the Pacific Division that's starting to catch up in terms of the wild card spot. So all of a sudden, you got to think about Arizona as well. Mm. And I feel that. I don't know if it's a disaster if Winnipeg misses the playoffs, but it's pretty bad given all the talent they have right so now. So many injuries. How do you judge with that many injuries? Yeah, though? but I, I mean, like... you still got Mark Shifley and Patrick mm-hmm. Line and Blake Wheeler, and I mean, Connor Hellbuck's been great in net for them. Yeah. Now, and, and having said that, you know, the defense was in shambles this year. They got Dylan DeMello early on in deadline week, and, and that was positive. That... But. You know, we heard that Dustin Bufflin was not going to get traded. So obviously that handcuffed Kevin Sheveldea because, well, Bufflin said he was not going to play this season. So that obviously handcuffed any action that Kevin Sheveldea might have made on Big Buff. And, and that would have been a pretty nice return, I would think. So not only do you not have the services of Bufflin, but you don't have whatever assets you could have got from him. So once again, you're looking at a blue line that is really banged up and is already thin, and I I just I don't see a lot of light for Winnipeg in the short term, and that and that's too bad because, like I say, they have a lot of top end guys right now, and they've just been kind of crippled by their depth chart. Remember those idiots at the hockey news picked them to win the Stanley Cup in 2019. <laughs> Yeah, what were they thinking? And we didn't even have Wait Patrick Laine on the cover at the time because that ha- that draft hadn't happened. Wow, oh yeah, that's right. So picked the five years out before they even. Yeah, had they got well. better after we made that prediction. <sighs> Still wasn't enough. So that's your pick, uh, Kenny. Who do you have as your loser team so far today? Well. I don't know. I guess I'd have to go with the Buffalo Sabres just because I'm trying to figure out what it is they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like they they make this they make this trade with uh, with um, Rod- Rodriguez yeah. uh, Rodriguez and Sherry going to Pittsburgh for Cahoon, which is which is actually decent. Sure, um, that's fine. But that's a futures trade, and then and then they make this other one for Wayne Simmons. Which is like, uh, you're trying to win now? I, I don't know. Are you trying to get in the playoffs now? Like, it just didn't, it just seemed to be at cross purposes. And, and the one thing that 
I think is really deadly is being indecisive about what you're doing and where your team's at and your team's identity. Mm. And I think that that just screams of being indecisive. And I think, you know, you touched on Montreal. I think it's the same thing there. They just absolutely, resolutely refuse to see that they need to rebuild this thing and they won't do it. And they won't do it. Otherwise, they would have been bolder today and 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 gotten some futures. Um, you know, like you say, if Barkley Goodrow is getting going to get a first round pick, what could you've gotten for Thomas Tatar? What could you've gotten for Max Domi? What could mm-hmm. you know for the, for guys like that? But they absolutely refuse to do it. And I, I think that's the worst place to be in. Yeah. It's even worse than somebody who's decisive and makes a bunch of bold like Columbus did last year. Right. I mean, at least they were decisive. They made all those bold moves, and then they established something they went around they got something going you know now the organization's got some mojo going mm-hmm. and that carries over to this year even though those guys aren't still there yeah. you know yeah and especially i think it's one thing to even be a stan pat team and sort of be decisive about that it's another to be a team that does very little but also makes contradictory moves which right. is what buffalo did right because you could argue that the cahoon acquisition was more of a like you said futures trade but then the simmons trade obviously it's for a kid was a conditional fifth or conditional fourth whatever it was yeah. a fifth uh, a fifth if they don't receive sign them or something, something like that. But no, a fifth if they don't make the playoffs, a fourth if they make the playoffs. That can only be perceived, perceived as a win-now trade, and that's a team that's six points out of a playoff spot. And yes, you know, maybe it's a vote of non-confidence for the Toronto Maple Leafs and Florida Panthers, who are both kind of imploding right now, wow, and, and the Sabres yeah. have won six of ten. But, you know, it's one of those things you don't want, I don't mean this as an insult to the GM, I think it's more of just a, a, a universal concept, and has been hockey for years. There's a, a such thing as what I call a save the job trade. Yeah. And it's when a GM yeah. knows he's running out of runway and he needs to make a move that's completely short term in hope of getting a team over the hump into the playoffs because he knows that his job is in jeopardy if there's another year of failure. And I do wonder if that's the case for Jason Botterill. I know he hasn't been there for that long, but just the the Ryan O'Reilly trade yeah. alone, yeah. I've, yeah. I've said before, it, it gutted the whole franchise from the inside out and that can only be laid at his feet. And so I'm wondering if he's worried about his job security and trying to make a move, just doing something to keep this team alive and hopefully we can squeak into the playoffs because that would probably buy him another year. I'm not sure, but to me, the Simmons trade looks like that type of yeah, deal. Yeah, you know what? The more I think about it and after you mention that, it, it's, it almost reeks of one of those trades of... Um, you know that we missed the playoffs by you know four three or four points but we were you know 2011 and two down the stretch yeah, or why yeah. it couldn't be that because there's not that many games left right. but you know we were we were 10 five and three down the stretch you know and yeah. and we finished off really well and and if any if history showed us anything teams that do that when the games don't mean anything yeah. it, it has no carry over to the next season and you know you talk about them winning six of their last ten sorry guys I'm not putting any 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 stock into a, a into a good run by the Buffalo Sabers at any point ever again. Sorry, yeah. they do this too often. Oh yeah, they win ten games at the beginning of the year, ten straight. This year they were in first place after October. Yeah, yeah so I you know it's become a, a yearly tradition. a nice little yeah. run doesn't really mean yeah. much. Simmons is a character guy, but I think a fifth is how much Sabers fans are going to be drinking tonight. <laughs> hey, nice. <laughs> well, and, and to show how you know what is how how precipitous his fall has been. Then what did he fetch last year for the Predators? 
uh, in that trade compared to now. It's a yeah. huge, you know, it's shown mm. how, how how far his game has fallen off. Uh, a team that I picked for the loser. So Ryan in our podcast last week said the Calgary Flames were the team under the most pressure to deliver. They're very squarely in the win now window, and I think Brad Living's he's had several. He's had, compared to Bottero, for example, he's been there longer. He's had a longer chance to build this team into a winner. First place team last season. Offense has fallen off. Bill Peters gone, etc., etc. Uh, and I think it was very clear and, and openly known that they wanted a right winger, maybe a right winger with term, someone like a Kyle Palmieri. They didn't get one today. They didn't get that scoring right winger top six that they desperately needed. Uh, and there were some on the market and maybe the price, they couldn't meet the price, but mm-hmm. we know there were some names out there they, they could have pursued. Uh, and they bring in Eric Gustafson, they bring in Derek Forbert. And I know they're a little bit banged up on the blue line, Travis Hamannick, but he plays the right side. Uh, Mark Giordano, it looks like he's coming back soon. Um, and you do get to move TJ Brody back to his right, his natural, or not his not his natural side, but his better side, which is the right side, with this trade. But still, you know, once you have Giordano back, you kind of have a log jam on the left. Giordano and maybe Derek Forbort, Eric Gustafson, Noah Hannafin. Gustafson was great last year. Uh, this year, predictably, his shooting percentage was very unsustainable in his 17-goal, 60-point season. He's regressed to just being sort of, you know, the half point a game, rough range. He's does not grade grade out as a as a particularly good defensive defenseman, uh, but he can move the puck. Fair enough. Calgary's offense is in the bottom third of the league, uh, and Derek Forbort's been hurt, but he's played with Drew Doughty before, so we know he can hang on a pair that faces tough competition. I get it, and it didn't cost Trilliving much, but those moves aren't going to put you over the top. Those moves aren't going to maybe maybe it's the difference between making and missing the playoffs. I'm not sure, but for a team that needs to do a lot more than that, that a lot more than just make the playoffs, those moves do not put you over the over the top and I think considering the amount of pressure that was on Calgary to deliver this season it's a loss to me for the Flames mm-hmm. so let's talk now oh we got something from Steven just to finalize that trade because it sounds like there's going to be no more uh, no more that Nick Cousins deal it's a there are no more Habs deals it's a 2024 round pick so in other words meh nothing <laughs> capital M Nick Cousins to Vegas for a 2024 rounder that's what it was 2021 2021 uh, fourth rounder. Yes, that does not quite move the needle for no. either team. But <laughs> so far, there's been no real relevant trades. Okay, good to know. Uh, so now, I want to look at the Stanley Cup contender picture, and of course, you know we'll be doing our playoff preview magazine in a, in a month or so, and we'll make our official playoff predictions. But I always like kind of reassessing after teams have made their moves on the chessboard on deadline day. Yeah. Uh, has your Stanley Cup prediction? changed and I'm not even necessarily asking for a cup winner but I want to know your, your team coming out of each conference and why so we'll start this time we'll start with you Kenneth well uh, coming out of the east I've got Tampa Bay mm-hmm. um, I, I think you know with what they've done in terms of how they've changed the complexion of their roster in, t- in terms of how they've made themselves a little a lot more difficult to play against um, I think last year was an aberration I think this team is too good not to win uh, and that they would be my Stanley Cup. They would be my Stanley Cup favorite at the moment. Um, out of the West, wow, that's that's a tough one. Um, oh boy, wow, out of the West, eh? Wow. Well, our, our preseason I, I, prediction I was Tampa Vegas. Yeah, and I'm wondering, that, that does, was what is I was it, does it remain intact? Well, that 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 would stay intact for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. Vegas would they, Vegas would be my pick. Like, how do you lose with? You know, now that they picked up Nick Cousins, it's pretty much <laughs> pretty pretty much Cousin preordained, shit. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Robin Leonard is what makes it interesting. You have this tandem now of Leonard and Mark Andre Fleury. I don't know right. what the intention is. Whether they tend to push Fleury, whether it's going to be a straight 
Tandem well, platoon. It's it's well, that's complicated. Man. I don't know. Mark Fleury's up there and wins. Mark Andre Fleury's up there and wins this year. But he he has had the lowest save percentage this year of his three years in Vegas. He's he's had you know he's had some personal setbacks. One one in particular with his losing his father, and I think that's really affected him. I'm not sure that they don't think there's been a bit of slippage there. Um, and their backup goalies, they couldn't count on any of them. Mm. They couldn't count on Garrett Sparks. They couldn't count on Malcolm Subban. They couldn't count on Oscar Dansk. All of them had like way sub. 900 save percentages. Um, so now, you know, I mean, they got nine wins out of those three guys. Uh, you know, I mean, now Toronto you've got... says nine wins. <laughs> What's that? Toronto says nine wins. Yeah, nine backup. wins out of your wow. backup. That's awesome. Um, but now they're now they're going to get those wins down the stretch. And if Mark Andre Fleury, you know, is lacking or or gets injured, because that's always a possibility, they've got a guy back there that could they could he could carry them all the way. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I had Vegas as well, just because they have so much depth already. They didn't have to upset their chemistry at the deadline, and I, I really like the Robin Lehner acquisition. I think that he provides a great battery mate for Flurry. And I mean, we've we've seen this happen before in Pittsburgh, where when Flurry went down, a guy named Matt Murray just stepped up and won them a cup. And then you had the opposite the next year, where Murray went down and Flurry carried them until Murray came back. So you know a little different situation where Robin Lehner is a known quantity, but Robin Lehner's also been playing some very good hockey the past two years, and I think it's a nice acquisition for the Golden Knights. Uh, in the East, I, 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 I actually wrote down Pittsburgh and started to note all the guys they had acquired, and Zucker, and Marlowe, and Sheary, and there's a, I think there's a great case to be made for the Penguins, mm. but I think about how Matt Murray has played this year, and I got cold feet. Mm -hmm. Now, Tristan Jari has played fantastic, but it also presents a little bit of a problem for Mike Sullivan in who do you go with in the playoffs? You go with Matt Murray because he's Turk Broda. You guys don't get that reference. No, I, but I'm like, Tur well, I Tur know. Turk Broda was, was a very, very good goalie, but he but his his whole hallmark was that... When that when the playoffs came, that's when he did, that's when he would that's when he would play. I was gonna say right? I was like Matt Murray's yeah. not fat. I don't yeah, understand. Really. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bill Dernan used to win the Vezina all the time, and he was like the best goalie in the regular season. But Turk Broda would always win in the playoffs, and I think well, that's that's a, a situation with that. With yeah. the Vegas thing, going back to the Vegas thing, I think part of it, it I, I think part of why I like them so much for the playoffs is their their path to the conference final is going to be a lot easier. Yeah. It's going to be a lot easier. Yeah. In the second round, they're not going to be playing a, right. a juggernaut. And Colorado, yeah. and, for example, and, like they're going to have to go through hell to get there. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. They're, they're yeah. going to have to go through yeah. St. Louis or Dallas or who knows what it's going to be. Or both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's... Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so I scratched out Pittsburgh and I went Tampa <laughs> Bay. Um, yeah, they gave up a lot, but I mean, as we've been saying in the office, it's like... It, that's why the deadline is so weird where you say like a first rounder for Barkley Goodrow it's like yeah if you know like Florida made that deal you would say you're insane but it's like it's Tampa Bay so it's like a first rounder for a Stanley Cup potentially mm -hmm. well yeah you do that all day same with Blake Coleman is a Blake Coleman objectively worth a first rounder no but on Tampa Bay if he's the missing piece then yeah you do that right. so I, yeah. I'm, I mean I'm with you Ken yeah like it's all about right now for Tampa Bay. If they win a Stanley Cup this year and then collapse for the next five years, that's fine. Right. All the right. pirates in San Jose or in Tampa Bay will be fine with it when they have their parade <laughs> because they'll have another ring. And it's just, 
it's hard to bet against the Lightning when you look at them on paper. When you look at all the things they've gone through, you know, the tough start this season, going over to Europe, which is always disruptive. Yeah. But a lot of Stanley Cup winners have played in Europe the year that they won. Right, so right. There may, maybe there's something there. Not Buffalo. Um, <laughs> but it just seems like as long as Andre Vasilevsky doesn't implode, implode, Late in the season and in the playoffs, which he kind of does a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they've got everything else. They do. And I actually think that, you know, if you look at the probable, not probable, we don't know anything for sure, but the, the powerhouse quartet in the East, I think one of those teams is going to win the Stanley Cup, whether it's Boston or Tampa, Washington or Pittsburgh. I, I yeah. would, I'd be willing to place a, a decent bet that the Cup winner is going to be one of those four teams this year, yeah. just the, based on how complete they are, the way they're constructed. The only thing that gives me pause at all over Tampa is not even a tangible thing. It's only the fact that we all like them, and that's what happened last year. But I think kiss of death. Yeah, kiss of death. I do have Tampa down as a team. I I don't think we can sleep on Washington uh, or Pittsburgh or Boston. But I I think Tampa. I I like the fact that they are being proactive, and like you said, they're willing to sacrifice the future to to correct what was bad about the team last year, or not bad, but the weakness they had last year. Yeah. And I think it's a good sign that they're willing, they have the bird's eye view, they're not overconfident, they're realizing that they they need pieces to help them with the trench warfare that they're going to have to endure to beat a team like Boston or Washington. So adding Goudreau, yeah. or Goudreau, Barkley Goodrow and uh, uh, Blake Coleman, I think is going to put them over the top. So I do have Tampa. In and the West, it's interesting. You know, I, I want to say Vegas... Sometimes the goaltending conundrum can hurt a team. It doesn't always, but sometimes when you have too much uncertainty, you have the problem with one goalie constantly looking over his shoulder. And with Fleury, that's been a problem before. His confidence can sometimes go. It's happened in the past. Uh, so I'm a little nervous about about that, but I, I still think Vegas got a lot of momentum. They've won six games in a row. They've got two really good forward lines. Added Alec Martinez, who, who could play sheltered minutes, brings a lot of experience. Uh, so I'm leading toward Vegas, but I also think... We can't sleep on St. Louis. No, nope. they still have, especially with yeah. Vladimir Tarasenko coming back. And the fact that they didn't make a big move for a forward today, I think, is another vote of confidence to his health. So I think he is going to be back in time. He was skating already, uh, and they have a, a a big emotional lift from the just the, the desire to sort of win it for Jay Bomeister too. I think that's an intangible that's going to light a fire under them, galvanize them emotionally, and of course, having done it last year, they're they're not going to crumble any under any kind of pressure. Uh, so. St. Louis is interesting. Of course, Colorado is. If I have to make a pick right now, I'm going to say Tampa Bay, St. Louis. Okay? Right okay. On. Yeah. So that's going to be it for the trade deadline podcast today. Unless, Stephen, is there anything else that's been filed to discuss? Nothing uh, else to discuss? Do you want to hear some of, both, most, some of the most minor trades in like NHL history? No, I think no we don't. <laughs> I think that was a firm I think that's it. Well, thank <laughs> Hard you. pass. That's right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back to our just regular old podcast format starting next week. Cheers.